Welcome to Alumni Voices, a new podcast from the University of Oxford. I'm Guy Collander, and every month I will be speaking to a former Oxford student about their career, life after Oxford, and memories of their alma mater. For this first interview, we are in Vienna for the Alumni Weekend in Europe. I'm very lucky to be joined by Bethany Bell, a BBC foreign correspondent, who has reported from more than 25 countries and many hotspots across the world. She's now based in the Austrian capital. Bethany Bell, thank you very much for being our first interviewee in this new series. Thank you very much for having me. We've chosen to hold the Alumni Weekend in Europe in Vienna because it is a fascinating city of cultural and historical importance in the heart of Europe. You have lived here for more than 15 years. Why have you decided to make the Austrian capital your home? Well, it began as a bit of a fluke, really. And, um, but like so many good things in my life, um, my first introduction to Vienna came about through a connection I made at Oxford. And in fact, um, one of my very good friends from Keeble is half Austrian. And two or three years after we graduated, she invited me to come over here for a visit. And that turned out to be really quite fateful because it was her father who more or less ordered me to become a journalist. Um, he told me that uh, I should do that, and I was too frightened of him not to, <laughs> not to obey him. Uh, but also they, they introduced me to the world of Vienna, and um, I went back very, very interested in this place, went back to England for a while, uh, and eventually we ended up, one way or another, kind of swapping cities. She moved to London and I came to work here. Uh, I came to begin with to work with the Austrian Broadcasting Corporation and then started doing work for the BBC. So your links with Oxford and Vienna have now come full circle. Full circle. <laughs> and you chaired a session called Cultural Frontier, Early 20th Century Vienna, as part of the academic programme at the Alumni Weekend. What insights did you gain from the session? Well, I think one of the things that has always haunted me and was brought out very much in the session is just how uh, extraordinary a time it was in Vienna. The the wealth of artistic, musical, literary, cultural thought that was going on in this relatively small capital, although it was of course the the centre of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, the huge Austro-Hungarian Empire, but just how much of the, the thought and the art that shaped the 20th century was happening here in Vienna. And, and one of the things that um, I, I find so fascinating is that, that, that came out in the panel, listening to, to our panellists, uh, was just the importance of cross-fertilisation in the arts, this sort of idea of uh, taking the example of, of the cafes, for example, where people of different disciplines came together, talked, discussed, were inspired by each other, sparked off each other. And that to me is very fascinating. And also one of the points that uh, one of the panelists made was that the importance of education, people coming to Vienna to be educated and and with an idea of, of that fueling the future. You first visited Vienna in the early 1990s and then rushed to see The Kiss by Gustav Klimt, painted in the early 20th century and also mentioned in the academic programme, one of the sessions. What or who do you most admire about Viennese life 100 years ago? Oh, that's very, very hard. Um, I, um, the Klimt bowled me over when I first saw them. I 
when my German got good enough, I started reading people like Karl Krauss and this extraordinarily satirical, uh, crusading approach to changing society. And then, of course, you have the music. You have Mahler, you have, you have um, Schoenberg, you have all these sort of extraordinary, seductively interesting, and yet quite bleak as well when you look beneath the surface. I mean, uh, here at the panel we heard um, uh, Professor Shearer West talking about, you know, the, the painting of the kiss itself, which is this extraordinarily beautiful, decorative, golden painting, but with actually uh, figures of, of, of a woman quite oppressed in some ways and, and a sense of the darkness that, that lay underneath. And I think it's that mixture of the beauty and the pleasure and then the kind of dark alienation underneath and the, the sense also of people criticising the hypocrisies of their society. So uh, a potent mix. And that amb ambiguity uh, continues with looking at the city as well. So as well as Vienna's high culture and civilised lifestyle, you have written about far-right parties in the city. Could you tell us about how these different aspects of the city coexist? Well, I've always found that a very interesting part of, of, of Austrian life, a, a, a sometimes rather scary aspect of it, that, you know, you have this exquisitely civilised place, which, you know, in the post-war years has built itself up into a thriving, wealthy democracy. And yet you have these trends of neo-Nazi activity or things which have anti-Semitism anti rears its head, um, xenophobic tendencies and how in certain countries where there's extreme poverty or whether there's, where there's social desperation, those trends are, are sometimes easier to explain. Uh, but when you get them in a place as developed as Austria, then that becomes quite uh, an interesting and scary prospect from time to time. And, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate the extent of that. You know, this is a democracy. This is a place where immigrants and people from many different countries live in, a, to a great extent, peaceful conditions. But there are these darker threads to life here, and that is something I have, have watched quite carefully. And you have been a foreign correspondent for the BBC since 2001 and have reported from more than 25 countries throughout Europe and the Middle East, among other places. You've seen many historic moments firsthand, including the Egyptian Revolution in 2011, and have reported from many dangerous situations. What has been your most memorable reporting assignment? That's an extremely hard question again. I mean, the to stand in... Tahrir Square or on a balcony overlooking Tahrir Square during the Egyptian revolution and to see the throngs of people who had turned up to fight, call for a different future was an extraordinary moment. Um, and also to see the way that people there have also been disappointed by the outcome of, of the revolution and also those who are now it, it reminds me a little bit of, of thinking about 1848 here in, in, in Austria uh, a sense of revolution and what was possible what was not possible people's desire for change and yet people's 
need for stability. And that, I have to say, was something that has, has stood out a great deal. Other events, perhaps not necessarily, that have stuck with me, and not necessarily the, the huge historical ones, but when you meet individuals in places who are daring to question, daring to think outside the box. I, I remember be here in, in Austria, in fact, once, uh, going into a place where there had been a lot of tension between different ethnic minorities. And I went into an extremely uh, characteristic Austrian guest house uh, with a blonde woman behind the bar with a Diendel Heidi dress on and asked her a question, expecting her to come out with a sort of conservative, uh, rather uh, politically incorrect answers. And she totally surprised me by being um, a fighter for ethnic minority rights in Austria. And it reminded me of how complex our world is and how it is so um, easy and yet so dangerous to take people at face value. And what have you learned from your experiences as a reporter? That is one very good example. Uh, is there anything else that you could tell us about? I think I, I feel extremely privileged to, to be a reporter. I think it's an extraordinary job. It's um, to be able to see history in the making the events that change our world is an extraordinary thing and actually to um, and I think it's one of the things at the moment we're seeing an increased move towards um, fewer correspondence on the ground and I think that that is there is a great value to having people going out being in a place smelling the air being aware to an extent of the conditions that people are living and operating in and there is nothing like seeing something firsthand in an attempt to try and communicate it. And there's no substitute for that, um, but journalism has changed dramatically in the last few years, especially while you've been reporting. How has it changed and on what do you anticipate in the future? Again, huge questions. I mean, the, clearly the, the digital social um, media revolution is, is huge. Um, and we're all trying to work out how, what forms, in a sense, journalism will take, both broadcast journalism and written journalism. But I think the first-hand reporting of a subject is key. The more people we have trying to put aside their own preconceptions and report accurately on situations that happen... I think is important because there's a tendency, I think, in journalism to, you know, you see that something's happening and you, you think, you know, that there's a, a temptation to think that you know what it's about already. And actually for the people to go there and to think, actually, I'm going to listen to the people who are involved before I communicate it is, is a very important, important part of our society and I hope that that will be continued. And now back to your time at Oxford, what did you learn from your experiences studying at Oxford from studying theology at Keble? 
Well, theology has proved extremely useful, um, not least when I go to the Middle East, because uh, as we have seen, the religious conflicts which have uh, been such a part of the Middle Eastern landscape in recent years, that they're it's very easy from a kind of secular Western perspective to to downplay the importance of that. And what studying theology gave me was, uh, first of all, I was extremely interested in the differing, the different religions and the, 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 the creeds of different people. And a sense of the history and a knowledge of the history and the beliefs has been extremely helpful, certainly when you're in a place like Jerusalem, uh, and not just Jerusalem, the Middle East in general. And so I'm very pleased I studied theology for that reason. <laughs> um, I, I, was drawn to, I was drawn to theology partly because I had grown up in the Middle East and I was very aware of the role that religion played in social and political life. And um, it's just become more and more so and more helpful in my job, I have found. And aside from your studies, what did you most enjoy about your time at Oxford? Oh, Oxford was amazing. Oxford was, it was, again, if I can return to my cafe society idea, it was the fact that you could be in a college or in a small town where you had so many people of such intellectual calibre and so many ideas and you could experiment with thought, with behaviour, with so many different things and that that was amazing and I was very lucky when I was at Oxford I was part of ALGS and we we did two tours to Japan to to what was then still the Soviet Union and we went to Australia and to America and we represented Oxford to small villages in the middle of Japan and and this is the drama society this is the drama society Oxford yeah the ALGS um, Oxford University Dramatic Society and the music that was there, singing in the choir, um, the, 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 the tutors I had, the, the subjects one sided, and, and I have to say, sitting in people's rooms in the middle of the night, drinking too much coffee or port or drinking wine or whatever it was we were drinking, and talking. Bethany Bell, thank you very much for sharing your fascinating insights about Vienna, your career and your time at Oxford. Thank you very much. For more information about the Alumni Weekend in Europe, and the activities of the Alumni Office, please visit www.alumni.ox.ac.uk.